All This podcast is brought to you by All This International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Kaushik Pendurti. Kaushik is the co-founder and CTO at Jobox AI. Kaushik, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, JP. So Kaushik, let's start with yourself, please. Could you give us a bit of a background of your journey in technology from where you got started, some of the roles that you've held along the way and, and take us up to today as the co-founder and CTO at Jobox. I come from an engineering background. I finished my undergrad in computer science in India. And then I moved to US in 2011, where I joined NYU Courant School of Mathematical Sciences, where I was doing my master's in machine learning and computer science. So as soon as I came in, I clearly knew that machine learning caught my attention and it was extremely exciting for me to do it. So along with computer science, I started digging deep into the math and machine learning. And I was also excited about trying to identify the technology that we were learning in the class and seeing how we could use that in the real world, bring users, build products and things like that. That's how I was actually experimenting a lot. And that's how I ended up with my first company called Locket, where we built an ad server and we put the ads on the lock screen of the mobile phone for the users. And users could actually consume the content from the mobile phone of an Android application. And we split the revenue with the users. So what really happened was we had two different problems at hand. One is the ad server network, which was extremely complex to build at that point of time. So we built that. And second thing, we built a lot of machine learning algorithms, which helped us uh, sort the content in the right way, identify the right content, which could bring the maximum revenue for the company, as well as we could pay out the right amount of money for the users as well. So we worked on it extensively for two, two and a half years. I was the co-founder and CTO for that company and then sold it to Wish in 2015. And then I jumped into another company, which was a friend of mine who was working on this. It was called Peel, where they're building the largest smart remote phone application. And what I went there to do was to build an Alexa kind of a box, which could actually take the voice commands like, hey, play a movie which has uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, and it would immediately fire up the TV and search for uh, a lot of different catalogs and identify which movie it was all through AI and AI platforms. And once it identifies the right TV show or the movie, like for example, the face-off, it would fire on the TV and immediately it would be, this entire process would take only five, 10 seconds. So this was a magical experience that I worked on for a few years over there. I partnered with Amazon, Walmart, Baidu to provide different e-commerce experiences as well as entertainment experiences with our platform. And then I jumped into Jobbox where I was the co-founder and CTO for Jobbox for the first four or five years. And in the last year, I actually picked up even the operations part of the company. One, I'm actually enjoying the aspect of running the technology team and also seeing how it manifests on the ground through operations team. So the feedback loop between the operations team and the technology team is so short and which is actually helping us build the right product for our users. 
Kaushik, thank you so much for the background. A great journey thus far, and obviously with the success you had with Lockett being acquired by Wish, who are a huge organization, and then your work with Peel and Liddy, which led you to deciding to launch Jobox. Can you talk to us, first of all, what's the high-level mission at Jobox AI? What are you guys doing in the industry? And then what was the idea, the early stages of the idea that, that led you to launching this service? Absolutely. At Jobbox, we are building the managed marketplace for home services industry. And we are trying to make sure that the technicians or service providers or service professionals like locksmiths, garage door openers, or HVAC providers, or many other professions where the average transaction value is between $100 to $3,000 is getting the maximum attention. And this is the place where we want to make sure that the technician is highly successful. And the product speciality is mainly about making sure that we are providing the tools for these supply side where they can run their entire business on us and thrive in their business and also get maximum business out of them. So when you look at this aspect, we started with an intention of purely making sure that we are building a managed marketplace. Along the way, we realized that we've built so much of AI infrastructure and platform that we could use this platform and make it reusable and allow even other marketplaces like Home Depot or Lowe's to actually build their demand or even job platform on top of us. To just take a step back, how we started it and where we started it from. One of my co-founders was a locksmith and a carpet cleaner in New York. When he came to us with an idea of doing something for the technicians, we immediately felt it was more like a problem that Thumbtack was already solving or many other players were already solving. But then when we started digging more deeper into the problem, we realized that a part of the problem was overlooked by everyone. And that was the space where we wanted to immediately tackle. So we one, we immediately started building the product, which was extremely useful and which helped the technicians run their entire payments, run their record keeping, or even file their taxes, manage their calendar, all these kind of things on our platform. It was a single player application mode thing where they did not really need to actually have an interaction with anyone else. They could independently run their entire business on our platform and they could reap the benefits out of it. And once we took this approach, we started gathering a lot of users and our growth was very quick, very fast. In the first few first two years, we went from zero to like almost 10, $20 million in monthly sale volume, like almost having 30 to 50% growth a month on the supply side. Once we started aggregating the supply side and once we became really confident that our users were happy with our product, we went to the second phase of our company, which was to build the dispatch algorithm, which is more like you have a job coming from the from the demand partner like Home Depot or Lowe's, and we take the job and dispatch it to the right technician. So we captured a lot of data in the process from the technicians. We built the algorithm and we started using that algorithm to dispatch jobs from all these partners to the technicians. At this point of time, we realized that our platform was really robust and there was another vacuum in the market where the demand partners like Home Depot did not have an artificial intelligence built infrastructure for them to support and dispatch the jobs in an effective way. So we now took this marketplace infrastructure and worked with all these demand partners to make sure that they are continuously getting the right kind of support from a platform which takes off every aspect of downstream hurdles in terms of dispatching the job, identifying the right technician, detecting the fraud, 
making sure that the payments are captured at the right time, the transactions are dispersed back to every player in the ecosystem, and also making sure that the customer, after the job is completed, is getting the right kind of support. And this kind of a system, when we built it, uh, we started capturing all these customers, and that's how we got started working with the clients in terms of the customers or like even the lows kind of people. Kashik, I want to spend some time now understanding the technology side a bit more, specifically focusing on your use of AI, because obviously you're dealing with vast sums of data. How are you guys utilizing aspects of AI to get the product working? What's required and what does the current data team look like? Uh, That's a great question, JP. So first of all, as I mentioned earlier, that we captured a lot of supply side in the first few years of the company. Supply side, when we captured it, it was not just getting the list of the names of the technicians that are working with us, but also identifying very closely about what they're doing on a daily basis and capturing every piece of data. So every piece of data would be as much as we send a job to someone at how quickly they accepted it how fast they started driving to the job. And when they went to the job, like how was their experience with the customer? What was their customer rating? What was the price point? And a lot of pieces of information like that. Along with that, we also catch the, we also understand that a job that is sent to a technician goes in the form of a text message. This is an industry standard. So we built a lot of NLP algorithms over there to understand and identify the job content and structure it more into a very like a detectable, searchable, and these kind of an approach. And also to identify the fraud part of it, because a lot of customers, when they receive the service pro, they always have a question of whether that was a legit person, did the job get completed in the right way, all these kind of things. So we actually put algorithms in such a way that the uh, the customer can be given very qualitative and a quantitative insight that the job was completed and he got the right fair pricing and he got insights into the job that could help him claim insurance and all these kind of things. So we first captured all the data and we started putting bits and pieces of information into a more structured content that can be searchable from our end and that could also be highly usable in our dispatching algorithm. Not just getting the data from the pros, but we correlated the data to the demographics around the place. For example, in San Francisco, we understand the median income, what are the areas, what is the average age of the person and how tech savvy they are and what time of the day the jobs are most predictably coming, all these kind of additional data. When we captured the pro data, when we captured the demographic data, and we also captured the demand side of data, we had a very strong understanding of what is the completion rate of a job that came into our system? So we built an algorithm in such a way that we could make this aspect extremely transparent for all these three people. One is the customer, the other one is the pro, the other one is the demand partner, and we could make sure that the entire process got accelerated in a way where the ecosystem improved every passing day. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. Kashik, describe the actual team now that you've got that's working on all of this, because you're obviously having a lot of success 
in what you're doing. Who's behind the scenes? How many people are involved? What types of positions do you have on the overall AI and data team that's bringing this all to work? When we got started, we built a data engineering team, which could actually collect a lot of data from different parts of the product and also from the other demographics that I just mentioned, demographic data and public data. We built a lot of ETLs and pipelines. Our data team consists of data engineers, data analysts, and also a product manager who helps us identify how to refine the data and bring it back to the table. Once the data is on the table, we have data science team as well as the machine learning team. We're very proud of our team. They're all coming from fine companies or MIT or Stanford's and things like that. So they have deep experience in building models, ensemble models, which are extremely effective in predicting the outcomes and also helping us refine the economy of the business. Economy as in unit economy of the business for us. Our data science team has three engineers, all of them from MIT and a few analysts who are from business schools. And what we are looking for is to bring in high quality, extremely passionate engineers who are planning to work on things like pricing algorithms in the marketplace or identifying the job density distribution or even trying to refine the the algorithmic matching system that we have built so far. These are the major things, but I would also say that we use AI in a lot of minor activities as well. Some of them are more like a smaller parts, which are, let's say you got a job and you want to price it at like $80. And if the job is really hard, at some point of time, the system has to understand that it cannot be $80. The technician is working really hard and it has to be $160 or $200. These are some of the things that are making the dynamic margins more favorable for all the players in the ecosystem. So these are also some of the algorithms that we are working. And NLP processing on every text message that is going between the customer and the technician and identifying the right flags where our team, our customer support team or our product team can intervene and identify whether we want to immediately give support to the technician or probably build something for the longer time where they'll be able to uh, understand how they could use these features even better. When you look at the success that Jobbox has had over the past few years, you start to think about the next 12, 24 months. What are some of the, the major milestones you're working towards and what are you excited about for the next chapter in, in the journey at Jobbox? Jobbox has had a very interesting ride till now. We went through all phases of development. We built massive products on the mobile front. We built products on the back office or even products for our demand partners. The next few years are going to focus extensively on improving the dispatching algorithm, which is to make sure that the completion probability is at its highest. And we make sure that we are increasing the revenues through a lot of different models. At the same time, on the supply side, we want to provide insights to our technician where the technician could understand his business even better. And this is not something which is just factual. Factual information is only valuable to some extent. What we want to do is to put insights on top of the factual information and also provide recommendation for him, something like, hey, you're working in Sacramento, why don't you go to San Francisco? On weekends, you could make a lot more money. Or why don't you buy parts at this point of time in bulk rather than buying one at a time and things like that. So we want to provide deeper insights to the technician. At the same time, for the uh, demand partner, when he sends a job into our system, we want to immediately give the pricing at which the job could be completed. Sometimes in Miami or sort of things like that, there's a music festival going on and 
a lot of people have lost the keys or things like that. These are some things that the demand partner would never be able to anticipate before in hand. But if we see an uptick in the trend at that point of time, we could use that data as well to give more deeper insights to the demand partner to immediately upfront tell the customer that the price of replacing a lock or price of opening a car or like doing any other job at that point of time would be probably 20% more expensive because of the supply constraint. Or things like there is a locksmith conference in Vegas and all the locksmiths have gone there. The demand partners could actually say that they're not available for work in New York for that few hours or for that day. So these are all the insights that we want to build on top of our platform and we want to seamlessly integrate so that they could the demand partners or the supply would directly access them extremely easily and for demand partners specifically we want to make sure that all this information is available over api at a very high sla of like 99.59 sort of thing which means that we have to increase a lot of data collection and also prediction algorithms at that point of time this is where most of our work would be. And as we are also a very fluid team, when we are building things, whenever we see an opportunity to fill it up with a better product, we always take that challenge up. And we've been doing consistently and very successfully so far. Final question for me then, Kashik. With the continued success and growth of the platform, you're going to need to add to the already excellent technology and data team. You mentioned previously that you've had a lot of success attracting real top caliber talent from fine companies and or you know very high profile universities with amazing computer science and broader technology programs. How have you done so? What do you say to candidates when you're speaking to them about the opportunity at Jobbox that has made them join you guys over some of the other great opportunities available to them? So talent is one thing, JP, but at the end of the day, you need two things for anyone to be successful in a startup. And mainly from the Jobbox point of view, you need someone who is extremely dedicated and is willing to learn constantly because in a startup, there's nothing like you've learned it. You're every day continuing to learn and you're continuing to figure out new problems. And second thing is the skill and the hard work, which is what you get from your school or probably we are not even anchored too much to the school, but we are more anchored to the people and the open source projects that they've done or anything that they can provide as a signal for us to understand how good they are. If someone's really not done anything machine learning at the school or if they have if they don't have work experience, that should not be deterring them from talking to us because we could probably figure out the signal from an open source project or we could probably throw in a, the data set that we are currently working on and they could take a look at it, give us insights or tell us even an idea as to how we could work from here to improve some metric. And this is how we can always get started with people. One such example is we have had engineers who've come in, who've been very upfront, who spoke about uh, how they're interested in the machine learning platform and how they are uh, doing an Android mobile application or some other technology which is not closely relevant to the math or the machine learning part. But we've created a career path for them to transition always into a, a more interesting thing for them and always transition into more something that they could be contributing at a platform level as well. So we're open as long as someone's like super dedicated and learn, always constantly looking out for learning and is willing to take up a challenge. We're always there for that kind of an engineer. Kaushik, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. Really appreciate you sharing your background, the origin story behind Jobbox, the, the, the impact they ha you're having on the industry, creating new use cases all the time and 
how you've gone about building an, an absolutely excellent best in class data, AI and technology team. So we wish you, the team and everyone at Joe Box, the best of luck in the months and years to come and look forward to see and watch what you guys can accomplish in the years ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much, JP. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.